Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. It's Friday, May 4th, 2018. May the 4th be with you. And you're listening to Up to Date, our weekly recap of science news. I'm Andre Viscontis. And I'm Kishore Hari. What caught your eye this week? Um, uh, this idea that I can eat all the fatty foods that I want and not gain any weight. Um, is this science or is this just you, <laughs> you being hungry right now? It is science. Let me tell you about my favorite study of the week. Uh, this uh, The study was undertaken at the University of Copenhagen, where the scientists managed to inhibit an enzyme, delete it genetically from mice, that allowed those mice to eat as much fatty food as they wanted and not gain any weight. This is the enzyme that apparently helps our bodies store fat. And you think like, well, storing fat is not a good idea. It's not in our current environment, but it was in our evolutionary origin history, right? Because in moments where there isn't a lot of food, you want to be able to store the energy so that you know you don't starve during a famine. But now we have such a ubiquitous amount of food available to us all the time, or I should say now food is ubiquitous. We have access to it all the time. So the problem is, is that we eat it and then store it as fat and nobody likes that. Well, so two questions come to mind. So one, not all fats are the same. So is this trying to attack a certain type of fat? Does this enzyme help store like a certain kind of lipid that is more harmful to us? Like, you know, there's certain fatty acids that are that are worse for us than others. So the genetic manipulation in these mice was that they they deleted uh, NAMPT, uh, which apparently is the the enzyme or the, the the gene that creates the enzyme that allows you to to take the fat molecules <laughs> and store them. Um, and I you know it, it seemed as though it increases uh, NAM, NAMPT increases across every tissue in your body, the sort of metabolic function. Uh, so I don't know that it's necessarily specific, not only to specific organs, but even to specific fats. And so, you know, the the ultimate finding is that um, they fed the same diet to mice that had the gene and mice that were lacking the gene, and the mice that had the gene got fat, and the mice that lacked the gene did not. So I'm wondering, this is something we can just crisper out, like, you know, can we do it straight away? Well, my other question is, you know, there's conservation of mass in this world. So where did the fat go? <laughs> uh, yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they just... I think uh, there's only one place. <laughs> <laughs> had a lot more bowel movements. Is that what you mean? Um, potentially, and is probably <laughs> a different kind of movement. So maybe this is all not worth it. Or maybe they just all had a lot more energy. All right. I have a different kind of story for you this week. You're familiar with the Turing test? I am. Yeah. So uh, I've never met a computer that has passed a, a Turing test. 
that uh, you know of. That I know of. Yes, it could be happening all the time, and I, d- <laughs> I, could I don't be a know. Computer. You could could be. I'd be really impressed. But uh, I suspect that I haven't met a machine that has beaten me on on a Turing test. But how about a Turing test for water? What? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense, does it? Because here's the thing. Alan Turing didn't spend his whole life doing code breaking and coming up with artificial intelligence. He actually spent the later part of his career working on establishing mathematical biology. It's not quite like computational biology as as we associate it now, but actually applying mathematical models to biological systems. And probably the most famous one he's known for trying to think through is how do we go from an embryo, embryonic cells, to more complicated structures and, and tissues. And this is actually still something we don't totally understand how that happens on a fundamental level. One of his papers really late in life tried to establish this this theory, and you're going to have to stick with me on this one, is what if we had two substances and they would just smash together, react in some way? you got to imagine this as a mathematical model. And they would keep smashing together. So the model just keeps forcing these substances together and together. At some point, one of the substances sort of diffuses out further than the other one and kind of inhibits the other one's spread. And almost sort of, you could think of it as like locking it into position, sort of binding it. And uh, this paper sort of came out with this idea that there'd be certain geometric shapes and patterns that would form from those kinds of reactions, depending on the diffusion rate, all of that kind of stuff. And uh, for a long time, people have tried to apply that to biology. And people don't know if this actually works, but it's been an interesting theory. Well, finally, a lab in China actually took this idea not with biology, but actually applied it to chemistry. So they took two chemicals that usually form a polyamide structure, reacted them together to form this sort of crazy geometric pattern, sort of like sort of like dots and and strings all kind of meshed together on this very kind of cellular level. It's sort of a beautiful image to look at. And normally they're only in the lab, you've only been able to make 2D shapes like this. Well, they are able to make a 3D shape. So what do you do with a cool 3D Turing shape? I don't know. <laughs> so what they Put did- it on your wall? Yeah, that's, you know, you make a pretty picture out of it first. Yeah, 3D print it? Uh, you ask it questions second. <laughs> uh, and then the third thing you do is you try to filter water with it because it had the shape that it was akin to other water filtration mechanisms. So what they did is they passed- salt water through it and it actually removed about half of the sodium chloride in the water oh that's that's just, good it, uh, just on one pass with this 3d shape and there's there's more information on how they did that is that better density. than other sort of um sodium chloride filtration systems? sort of like you have to look at this as a whole system because it takes a lot of energy to typically desalinate water right now mm-hmm. and there's a lot of water waste as products of that so this is just like a pu- almost a pure filter that doesn't have that kind of energy waste associated to it. Hmm. So it's less efficient, but it is more efficient from an energy perspective. And then when you apply it to other salts like magnesium salts, it was actually achieving 90 to 99% removal. And so the application of this could be in a desalination plant actually having these filters in place as pre-filtration before they actually apply the more energy intensive because it'll be less energy intensive because you've gotten rid of half, half of, of the, the salt. salt already. 
that feels a little like a pipe dream to me, though, because they omit like all of the energy and material costs that it would take to build this filter and whether this filter scales. But what I love about this story, putting aside the application, is this idea that a paper that Alan Turing wrote in 1952 is still having impacts on science today. I think partially it's because of Alan Turing's fame, but it's also, I think, because like here was a scientist that was willing to look backwards to inform how they do science in the future. Yeah, and you know, I have a I have a new approach now to climate change that I uh, I was inspired. Uh, I went to the Leakey Foundation Gala last night, and I uh, was inspired by a talk from uh, a guy named Kurt Johnson, who runs the Natural History Museum in the Smithsonian. Kurt is awesome. Yeah. I love that guy. So he ended his talk with a great line that I am now like constantly running over in my head, which is that optimists solve problems and pessimists go home. So I'm going to be an optimist and say, <laughs> let oh, us no. use this. <laughs> what a choice. <laughs> problematic for you? Are you yeah, pessimist? because I want to be the optimist that solves problems, but I like being at home. <laughs> How do I solve this? One last thing just for our listeners. Um, you're probably hearing this hours before NASA sends another item into space. They're sending the InSight vehicle to to Mars. Vehicle is probably not even the right word. It's a lander because it's not actually moving once it gets to Mars. It's a next generation that's going to try to understand uh, Mars quakes, because it's not on Earth, it's Mars. Uh, and it's going to drill down to try to understand the the, uh, the gradient of temperature across that planet. So fare thee well in sight. I hope you launch successfully uh, and that you're well on your way. And in about, what is it? I think it's in about uh, uh, 12 months, we'll start getting data from it. Well, so that's it for Up to Date for this Friday. Join us on Monday as our regular episode drops. Uh, I'll be interviewing Lona Frank, who's going to talk about brain stimulation and whether we can just stick an electrode into our brain, stimulate our pleasure center, and not have to worry about anything else ever again. I can't tell if I'm optimistic or pessimistic about that now. <laughs> See you next week. Bye. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. America. 